Well, happy Pentecost, church. It's Pentecost Sunday, the day when we celebrate how the Holy Spirit um, fell in the upper room where the disciples were waiting. And we call that in children and worship, we call it the birthday of the church because that was when um, the Holy Spirit came and gave the disciples and us as we celebrate Pentecost the work and person of the Holy Spirit. Now we've been um, talking about the Holy Spirit on the fourth Sundays and was the third Sunday this last time when we were talking about different motifs of the Holy Spirit. I remember the, the, the one about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament was about the Ruach, as Dan mentioned, the breath, the Ruach of God. So um, we talked last week about different um, things that we know of the Holy Spirit. One is fire, right? And in Pentecost, we're, we're remembering how the Holy Spirit came on the apostles as a flame of fire on their heads. Now, that must have been really strange. The scriptures also tell us it was like a, a blowing, rushing tornado-like wind in the room. So we know of fire, of wind. We know of the Holy Spirit as a water, a living water. And we know of the Holy Spirit as, um, let's see, fire, wind, water, the dove. And that's when we, we have the image of Jesus at his baptism when the Holy Spirit came down upon him as a dove. So I'm going to pick up on some of those things that we talked about last week. But before I get into all that, I'd like to invite us to stand and we'll read together um, the scripture from 2 Peter chapter 1. Now this was the passage that Pastor Paul chose and was planning on preaching this morning. And um, I found out at 4 a.m. this morning that I would be preaching. So I decided to stick with his same text, but I'm sure I'm taking it from a different angle in terms of um, the message than he was, but it, it really still coincides very well with what we wanted to talk about today. So let's hear the very words of God from 2 Peter 1. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God's very words. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. As we were together last, last time, and, and, and our group started asking these questions, I thought, you know, when I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, I want to talk about who is the Holy Spirit? Because I think some of us are not really sure. We may have grown up or since uh, joined the church in our adult life and heard a lot about God the Father and about Jesus. We have images that help us to understand them as persons, right? We think of God the Father as our Father in heaven. We, we know what a Father image is. We know of Jesus because he took on bodily form as he was born in Bethlehem as a child and became a human. So we have an identification with Jesus as a person. But the Holy Spirit, we talked about um, the wind, the fire, the dove, the, the water, the, the descripting, descriptive words for the Holy Spirit do not have human qualities like eyes and ears and mouth and hands and feet. But they do have all of the personal characteristics of a person. And I'm going to get into that a little bit today. What are the personal characteristics of the Holy Spirit? Um, but first, I want to do a little tie-in with our scripture because I decided to keep that scripture because as we, as we talked about all of those wonderful attributes, goodness, knowledge, self-control, godliness, love, mutual affection. I got to thinking about that in the wee hours this morning and realized that all of those attributes are attributes that our Holy Spirit has. And so when we have this scripture from Second Peter, that says we are to make every effort to live this way. That feels like a should, like a really big should, and I can't do it. Does it to you? It's a really big should. Goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, love. But I've got hope and good news because it is the Holy Spirit in us who already has those characteristics and attributes of God that allows us to be able to live that way, to obey the word of God. We don't have to muster that up. Isn't that good news? We rely, however, on the Holy Spirit within us. Participating in the divine nature does not indicate that Christians become divine in any sense, but that we are indwelt by God through his Holy Spirit. 
and the Holy Spirit within us gives us the divine power to escape the corruption of the world, which caused also all these evil desires within us. We read in um, verse 5 through 9 all of these virtues of the Spirit-filled life. And as I was reflecting this morning on the characteristics of the Spirit, they went together. How about that? So Paul tells us faith. Only by the Holy Spirit can we have faith in Jesus, right? We know that it's the Spirit that leads us to Jesus. And faith comes from the Holy Spirit. And goodness, the good Spirit gives us all that we need. 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? The Spirit of the living God dwells in us and helps us to be good. Knowledge. We receive the truth and the knowledge through the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11, talks about the knowledge of God. He also, through the Spirit, can give us a supernatural gift called a word of knowledge. That means sometimes when we we don't know something about somebody, but maybe we're praying for them or talking with them. The Spirit who lives within us can give us some information. It's like reading somebody's mail. That is knowledge from the Holy Spirit. So you see, we don't come up with it. The Spirit does. Self-control. If we will give up our own control, he will take over and give us self-control. So isn't that like freeing? It's not about we need to muster it all up, muster up all these things. However, we need to give up our control and let Holy Spirit control. Then we can have these godlike characteristics. Another thing he mentions here is perseverance. In the Holy Spirit enables us to persevere and never give up. Godliness, the ability to live like Christ, is when Christ, Paul says it that we, 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 the old nature is dead, and we take on the new nature, and we live in Christ. It's like that song we sang, not, not through me, but by Christ in me. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. Isn't that amazing? And he lives right here within us. Brotherly kindness was another one. Uh, mutual affection is listed here in the NIV. Romans 8.15 calls us children of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So by the Spirit, he calls us children of the Father. We talk about um, 
other aspects of the Holy Spirit. So it's important that we understand, even though we don't have a visual image of the Holy Spirit as a human person like we do of Father and Jesus, we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is not a force. He is not a power. He is a person. And when we think of a person, we think of certain characteristics. And I want to tell you how the Holy Spirit has some of these characteristics of a person. The Holy Spirit is frequently spoken of in the Bible as the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? The Holy Spirit is frequently spoken of as the living Spirit of God. 2 Corinthians 3.3, clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, the Word of God, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. <clears throat> he is the Spirit of the living God, and it is his work to make God a living God to us. So other characteristics of this living God <laughs> this is crazy. Okay. Um, is when we think of God, one of the, the main themes that we think of is love, right? God is love. And the Holy Spirit is love. And the Holy Spirit gives us ability to love. Romans 15.30 says, I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God and me, for me. Sorry about that. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of the living God, and he makes God real in our personal experience. God still lives today and is active in our lives. He still speaks today to all who will listen. The spirit is spoken of in the Bible as the spirit of Christ. It is the work of the Holy Spirit that reveals Christ to us. John 16, 14. He, the Holy Spirit, will glorify me. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. In a similar way, it is written, But when the Helper comes, when I shall send to you from the Father the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So you see, Christ dwells in us as a living presence. Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell from your hearts through faith. faith. Another characteristic of the Holy Spirit that is a personal characteristic is discernment and understanding. We have knowledge, we have discernment, understanding, we have love. 1 Corinthians 2.11, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. 
the Holy Spirit has a will, a ability to make decisions. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, all these are works of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. And I think that's a, the will is a place where um, we also learn to cooperate because if we insist upon our own will, we are not living according to the Holy Spirit, where if we join our will with the Holy Spirit's will, with God's will, then we know that we are in accordance, right, with what God wills. Another one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit is grief. Ephesians 4.30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I think we grieve the Holy Spirit of God in, in a few different ways. <laughs> One is that we, um, well, I think we grieve the Holy Spirit of God when we don't really believe in who he is, when we don't know him as that person that, that God and his word which I just gave you several verses to prove that he says that he is. That God's Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is one who deserves our love, right? He deserves our cooperation. And I think when we don't give him that, we grieve him. And I think the church over centuries has grieved the Holy Spirit by not understanding who he is, not accepting him for who he is. Another way I think the Holy Spirit is grieved is when we hold on to sinful practices. We read those again from our text, right? These are good, good things that he calls us to goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness. But, but it's the flesh and the devil that so uh, keeps us from that. And I think when we are living lives that are not in accordance with this, this list of things from Second Peter, we grieve the Holy Spirit. And when you think about that, if you are about to not follow the lead of the Spirit, not follow the will of God, and get yourself involved in evil or sin or um, all kinds of forms of ungodliness, we grieve the Holy Spirit. And when you know that the Holy Spirit is inside of you, and you are about to put something inside of you that is contrary to what the Holy Spirit would, would want or um, participate in activity, I hope that that will cause us to cease that activity, to remember who the Holy Spirit is that is within us and to not grieve him. Right? So we think about that. So in summary, the Holy Spirit is the third person 
of the Trinity. The Nicene Creed that we speak says, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified. If we think of the Holy Spirit as a force, as a power, as something that we can get and do greater things and do amazing things, we are thinking of the Holy Spirit in the wrong way. The Holy Spirit is a person who loves us and wants us to obey him. Knowing the Holy Spirit as a divine person leads us to friendship and cooperation with God. It guards us from the temptation to manipulate ourselves and other people and experience the Holy Spirit for who he is. I um, will give you an example from, from my own life. Um, I grew up in parsonages in the Christian Reformed Church. My dad was a pastor. Uh, we moved a lot, moved around all over the place. But what I learned growing up in the Christian Reformed Church was a lot about Father God and a lot about Jesus and very little about Holy Spirit. And when we talk about the Trinity, all three are important. And so I think there's been a disservice, at least in my experience in the Christian Reformed Church, with the Holy Spirit. John Calvin um, says that the Father and the Son and the Spirit are one God, yet the Son is not the Father nor the Spirit the Son but that they are dif differentiated by a peculiar quality. Nevertheless, it is not fitting to suppress the distinction that we observe in Scripture. So we've got it. I mean, that's just one little quote from John Calvin, but there's, I could talk way longer than I should about all the ways that our theology acknowledges the third person of the Trinity as fully God, as having all these attributes, as a person. But yet in our practice, we seem to have kind of dissed him, if you will. And so growing up, I found that caused a hunger in me, a hunger, a thirst. Like I just, I did all the right things. I went to catechism and, and Christian school and Sunday school and in church twice on Sunday. And I felt like there has to be more of God. I felt like something was missing. Well, personally for me, it happened um, actually, Diane Japloy isn't here today, but maybe she's listening, because Diane and I were, were both going to a church, um, and we we felt that they, they didn't have what we wanted for our children. Our children were little at the time. And I was praying, taking a walk, and seeking the Lord. Lord, how can we teach the children um, the, the ways of the Lord and, and the, the children in worship that we longed for? And I had an encounter with the Spirit of God. So this is where I'm getting personal with it. 
because the spirit isn't just about knowledge. It's not just knowing all these facts. It's having him be that real friend, that real person who cares about me and who talks to me and, and who hears me and who directs me and who guides me. And so on this walk, I had an encounter with the Spirit of God. I knew it was him. I just sensed his presence and his glory in the trees as I was walking by. And I was crying and I said, Lord, how can we teach the children? And he said to me, and I wasn't one who <laughs> generally thought I heard from God, but I heard him that day. And he said, you are going to do it. You are going to bring the children in worship to this particular church. And I, I did a real Moses. I said, no, I can't. I can't speak. I can't teach. I can't do any of that stuff. I can't do that. And he laughed at me a little bit until I finally said, okay, God, I'll do it if you do it through me. You see the difference? That was the moment in my life where I surrendered. And I said to God, you're right, God. I can't do that. I can't speak. I can't teach. I can't lead. I can't, I can't do any of these things that are required to have this children in worship program at this particular church. And he said, I know. But if you trust me and let me guide you, I will do it through you. Long story short, Diane, I partnered with her. We got ourselves trained, and we, we went, and we got children in worship going. And the Lord used that whole thing to stretch me beyond my limits. I had no idea I could do those things. I had no history of doing those things. But he led me, and he led Diane, and we followed him, and we were obedient, and it was utterly amazing. So it took a moment in my life. It took a time and a place where I said yes to Jesus. It was a different time and location from when I received him into my heart at nine years old. It was the time where I said, I get me out of the way. I die to myself. I surrender. And I ask you to fill me. And he did. The Holy Spirit filled me. And it wasn't until many years later that I had some training and teaching on what that was and what was happening. But it took obedience, right? It took that I would listen, follow, and obey. And I think back to our, our scripture, too, you know, that the fruit of all of that, you know, was these things, the goodness and knowledge and self-control and perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. So it's an invitation, right? It's not just something I want you to hear about and say, oh, today's Pentecost, we talk about the Holy Spirit. 
But what does that mean, Discovery Church? What does that mean for us individually and for us corporately as a church? Are we going to be a church that is known for living, breathing, obeying, following the Holy Spirit of God? I hope so. I hope so, because to do so is to have an abundant life that we're promised, is to have an exciting life, um, because the Holy Spirit can do so much more than we can, right? So if we want to keep going around living our lives how we do in our flesh, there's a limit to that. But when we can open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit of God, let him have control, that's the scary part, because we like to be in control, right? Let's face it, we do but it's getting ourselves out of the way and watch what God does. Can you imagine how many people we could get on this lot and in this church? So many people that need to know the love of God Almighty. I can't do that. Guess what? You can't do that, and even us together, we can't do that but I know who can. And the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do it all for him. I just want to close with a um, um, Colossians 1.27. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Is there a more astonishing verse in Scripture that the Son of God has actually come to take up residence within individual Christians? What a difference it would make in our lives if we truly lived out the truth of Christ in us, the hope of glory, walking daily with Jesus, aware of his presence, his love, his strength, and his direction, Rather than asking the question, remember those bracelets, WWJD? What would Jesus do? Let's ask, Jesus, what are you doing? And let's join him. 19th century Quaker author Hannah Whittall Smith writes this. Dear friend, I make the glad announcement to thee that the Lord is in thy heart. Since the day of thy conversion, he has been dwelling there. But thou hast lived on in ignorance of it. Every moment during all that time might have been passed in the sunshine of his sweet presence, and every step have been taken under his advice. But because thou knew it not, and did not look for him there, thy life has been lonely and full of failure. But now that I make the announcement to thee, wilt thou receive it? Art thou glad to have him? Wilt thou throw wide open every door to welcome him in? Wilt thou joyfully and thankfully give up the government of thy life into his hands? 
Wilt thou consult him about everything and let him to decide each step for thee and mark out every path? Wilt thou invite him into thy innermost chambers and make him the sharer of thy most hidden life? Wilt thou say yes to his all longing for union with thee and with a glad and eager abandonment hand thyself and all that concerns thee over into his hands? If thou wilt, then shall thy soul begin to know something of the joy of union with Christ. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you that you have called us children, children of God. We come to you as your children in gratitude and joy. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your deep love for us that has caused you to give up everything for us. Thank you for your humanity. Thank you for the example that we have of what it looks like to see God as a human being. Thank you for giving us an example, Jesus, of how to love and serve and be able to exhibit all these wonderful characteristics that you tell us to. And thank you, Jesus, for going back to heaven and ascending, just even as in, in John you say, it's even better that I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that 10 days after ascension you came on the church, that you came on what we call Pentecost, that you came, Holy Spirit of Christ from heaven to indwell us who call you Lord. What an amazing mystery. What an amazing gift. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are a person who loves us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would awaken all of our souls to the awareness of your presence, to the awareness of you moving all around us all the time, to the awareness of how you are directing us and guiding us and showing us what we need to know all the time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. that you want a relationship with us. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would ignite in our hearts a hunger and a thirst for more of Christ. Because we know, Holy Spirit, that you are the one that brings Christ glory. You are the one that brings us to Christ. And that is your role, and we thank you that you are doing that in us. 
We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to learn the daily act of surrender, to give over ourselves to your guidance and leading and direction. We thank you, Father God, for the ways that you are working in Discovery Church. We thank you for all of the lives that have been touched through the many years, through children that have um, grown and, and even left and started their own homes and some who have remained and those who have come back and we praise you for each and every one, God. We thank you for the pastors that we've had here. We thank you for Pastor Paul and we pray that you would um, work in him now for healing and, and health and wholeness, that this sickness would not last, but it would be gone in your powerful name, Jesus. And we thank you also for all those among us. I see many out there who have also gone through their own illnesses and sicknesses and even deaths. And we thank you that, that in all of that, you are with us through your Holy Spirit, that you are our comforter, you are our healer, you are the one who walks with us day by day. When we're in those dark valleys, um, also when we are on the high treetops, <laughs> you are with us and you give us all that we need. And we thank you for that. And God, we... Um, Lift up those two who are continuing to struggle, and you know who they are, and we ask you to reveal your manifest presence of the Spirit to them. And we pray, Lord, for, um, for our children. We thank you for um, the children's ministry that has been able to continue, and we praise God for, for those ministers who are working with the children we pray you'd send more children. We pray you'd fill our rooms again with little chatter and laughter and, um, and wonder, <laughs> the wonder of children. We pray, God, that um, you would help each one of us to, as led by your spirit, to be aware of those around us who need us to invite them, maybe to church, maybe to... Uh, something else, but that we would leave this place being Holy Spirit-empowered witnesses to the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere that we go, that we would not shy away and, and hunker down and keep, keep the best-known truth in the whole world as a secret. And forgive us for those times we have, Lord. And forgive us, Holy Spirit, for quenching you many, many times. And we ask that you would come with new freedom and um, have your way in this place through Discovery Church. We pray, Jesus, in your all-powerful and glorious name. Amen.